At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs, so you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, June 20th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you as we got a full 15-game card, all night games on the betting board, so I'll get to as many games as I can on today's show. A few reminders first, over at vcin.com, our NBA draft coverage really ramping up. The draft coming up on Thursday night. Some interesting news and notes, some line movements. Of course, we had the Bradley Beal trade earlier in the week. And, you know, we'll see what happens with some of the other transactions coming up in the NBA, but also those odds moving around quite a bit now in the market. Obviously, we know Victor Wembanyama is going to be the first overall pick. What happens second, third, and on down from there? Still a lot of question about that. Jonathan Von Tobel doing a good job keeping you abreast of the situation over at vcin.com and also on our Hardwood Handicappers podcast. But it is. June 20th, which means we are nine days away from the release of our 2023 NFL betting guide. And as you know, it is always football season here at VSIN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early. Usually it comes out in the month of August, releasing it four, five, six weeks earlier, however many weeks that is, to get that out to you, to give you in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props, both from our writers and also from our hosts and on-air personalities. So a lot of great information in that NFL betting guide to help get you ahead for the upcoming season. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. That's your introductory first month offer for $19. And reserve your copy of the guide because the only way to get the 2023 NFL betting guide is to be a subscriber over at VSIN, or you can take advantage of our summer kickoff special. That's early bird access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks. That will take you obviously through the Super Bowl, but also through our college basketball betting guide, our NHL betting guide, NBA betting guide, our upcoming college football betting guide, which comes out 
August 3rd. So you get that that summer kickoff special. You get a subscription through the Super Bowl. That'll take you through the bulk of the college basketball regular season, good portion of the NBA and NHL, all the way through the college football season. 175 bucks is a bargain for that. So head over to vcin.com slash subscribe and check that out. All right, so a lot of games to get to here on today's show. We'll take a short break in the middle, but I've got three plays for today, which I'll get to at the tail end. But let's go ahead and dive into the card, beginning, as always, with the National League, since that is first by rotation number on the betting board. And we start with the Braves and the Phillies. Spencer Strider and Ranger Suarez in this one here. Atlanta's ripped off six wins in a row, but that was a doubleheader against the Tigers and a four-game series against the Rockies. And in that four-game series against Colorado, combined score of 40-12. to 12. So the Braves' offense really ramping up here in that series against the Rockies. This is a step up in class, though, as they take on a Phillies team that has won six in a row. Their slow start appears to be in the rearview mirror. They're getting some good starting pitching, good bullpen work, top 10 offensive team here in the month of June. And for Spencer Strider, he's had some issues here lately. 13 runs allowed on 15 hits in his last two starts. Five of those 15 hits have left the ballpark. And if we go back a little bit further to May 17th, 647 ERA, 584 FIP over his last 32 innings. Still 48 strikeouts, but he's given up 10 home runs in his last 32 innings. So Spencer Strider not locating all that well. Ranger Suarez, 382 ERA, but a 307 FIP in 37 and two-thirds. The problem for him, though, is he's left-handed, and the Braves have crushed left-handed pitching throughout the course of the season. So did think about the over in that game, but you never know when Strider's going to show up and throw a really, really good game especially because he has all of that strikeout upside. So no play in this one, but Strider's definitely struggling. So we'll see if he's able to right the ship here against a Phillies lineup, swinging it very, very well. The Cubs and the Pirates. Marcus Stroman, Johan Oviedo in this one. Chicago's won six of seven, eight of their last ten. The Pirates, they're in free fall mode, man. They're free fall in honor in the late, great Tom Petty. Seven straight losses for the Buccos, eight of nine, 10 of 12. So things kind of spiraling out of control for Pittsburgh here. For Marcus Stroman, though, 245 ERA, 373 expected, 343 FIP, and 91 and two thirds. 235 batting average on balls in play with a ground ball rate over 60%. That is very, very rare. You may find maybe, I would say, less than five seasons over the last 40 or so years to have a ground ball rate that high and a batting average on balls in play that low. Also for Stroman, highest left on base percentage of his career at 78.9%. Six straight starts with two or fewer earned runs. Maybe he continues to be not just an outlier for this season, but an historic outlier. But I do think that there are so many regression signs in the profile for Stroman that I am concerned about. So even though the Cubs are playing well, even though I think Johan Oviedo is a guy that they can hit, still tough to lay the $1.30 here in this one with those signs in Stroman's profile. And I will probably be looking for spots to go against Stroman rather than spots to be on him as we go forward here. Cardinals and the Nationals. A couple of southpaws in this one. You got Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals, Mackenzie Gore for the Nationals. Cardinals laying a pretty hefty number here, $1.40, $1.50 range. In this one, and you know, just to circle back here, Stroman and the Cubs, about a dollar thirty favorite. Strider and the Braves, about a dollar forty favorite 
I realize I didn't mention the lines for those games. But this Montgomery and Gore matchup is pretty interesting for a variety of different reasons. The first is we think about these two teams, especially in terms of this season, as being good against lefties. But the Cardinals are actually down to 19th in weighted on base average against lefties at 317 and just a 101 WRC+. plus. So the Cardinals are barely above league average in terms of the park-adjusted WRC plus stat. And the Nationals, who they were a top five offense against lefties not that long ago, but they've actually fallen down to 12th now. Still 331 Woba, that's still pretty decent, and a 106 WRC plus is pretty good as well. But they were really good in April and May, and they've tailed off offensively across the board here in the month of June. And this is a team that you know, kind of built up its offensive profile on not striking out a lot. That has continued, but they haven't had the same batted ball fortunes uh, throughout the month of June here. We'll see what they do against Montgomery. 391 ERA, 412 expected, 362 FIP, and 78 and a third. Montgomery's been fine. Most of his peripherals are in line with his career averages. ERA could probably be a little bit better based on that information because he's got a 325 batting average on balls in play. So that's a little bit high here. This is a step up in class to some degree for Montgomery. He's faced the Giants, Reds, Pirates, Guardians, Reds, and Brewers over his last six starts. Reds and Pirates are kind of league average against lefties. Uh, The Giants are kind of in that realm as well. The Guardians and the Brewers are not. Washington is definitely better than league average against lefties, but as I mentioned, they've really struggled here of late. They're not playing particularly well. And again, offensively, their numbers have fallen off rather substantially in the month of June. As far as Gore goes, 374 ERA, 453 expected, 415 FIP, 74 and two-thirds, 82.2% left on base percentage. Big reason why the ERA is under four right now. Very high strikeout rate for him, but also a double-digit walk rate to go with a 323 BABIP and a 16.2% home run to fly ball percentage. So Gore, this feels a lot like Blake Snell to me. A lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts, and the home run rate for Snell was a little bit higher this season. That's something that Gore is dealing with here as well. He's only allowed more than four runs once in a start and more than three runs just three times in 14 outings. So Gore is kind of sneaking by a little bit, I think, in terms of his contact management profile, in terms of his control profile. If there is any regression in his strikeout rate, that's a guy whose numbers are going to tumble rather quickly. And the Cardinals are a team that doesn't really strike out a whole lot. So this seems like a difficult spot for Gore here. Uh, I thought about the Nationals at a dog price anyway, with the way the Cardinals are playing and just how things are kind of going. But Washington's not playing well, neither one of these teams playing all that well right now. So pretty easy to bypass that game overall. The Rockies and the Reds. Reds, anywhere from $1.80 to $1.95 favorite in this game. Total of 10, showing some signs of maybe going up to 10.5 here sooner rather than later. This is Noah Davis for Colorado and Ben Lively for Cincinnati. And the one thing that I'll say about this game, I have no interest in a play in this game in any way, shape, or form. That's a big total. Lively's not super trustworthy to be almost a $2 favorite. But that's the big thing here. We are at top of the market pricing on Cincinnati to be a minus 195 favorite at home here with Lively on the mound, who's been a below average major league pitcher throughout the course of his career. And yeah, he's got a 407 ERA this season, 432 expected, 459 FIP. 
But over his last 19 to 30, he's given up 14 runs on 26 hits. So this is a guy who is going in reverse, as you would expect, given what we've seen historically throughout his career, yet the Reds are laying $2 here. And I realize that the Rockies are not a very good team, and they're an especially bad offensive team historically on the road, but we are paying some substantial prices at this point in time on the Reds, especially in favorite roles such as this. So, you know, look, they're a great story, and obviously the Central Division numbers have cratered. I know I talked about taking 50-1 to to win the Central Division as they were kind of calling guys up and all of that. Well, that number is is long, long gone now. They're going to be the favorite to win this division here sooner rather than later if they're not already at the book that you use. So there's very little equity at this point in time in taking the Reds. From a game-by-game standpoint, from a future standpoint, anything like that, they are the flavor of the month in Major League Baseball. They are priced at the top of the market, and that probably won't stop anytime soon. So just something for you to keep in mind where – Yeah, I mean, Noah Davis is not really a major league caliber pitcher, so maybe they deserve to be this big of a favorite, but this is top of the market pricing on them, and you're just not going to get a whole lot of equity betting on the Reds anytime soon here. The Diamondbacks and the Brewers, Ryan Nelson, Colin Ray in this one. Ray and the Brewers, $1.20 to $1.25 favorite, total of nine or nine and a half in this matchup here. Uh, Corbin Burns decided to lay us a turd sandwich yesterday, gave up six runs in the first inning, crushed that under four very, very quickly. Uh, But another good start for Merrill Kelly. So another nice building block for the Diamondbacks, especially because they need Kelly and Gallon to be really good because a good portion of their rotation is made up of guys like Ryan Nelson. 530 ERA, 535 expected ERA, 472 FIP, 71 and a third innings pitched. Strikeout percentage is under 15%. The walk rate is not particularly good. High batting average against because he's got a 43.2% hard hit percentage, 10.5% barrel rate. Nelson is just not a great pitcher, and this is something that the Diamondbacks need to address if they want to be serious about making a playoff run where Nelson's just not great, um, You know, not a big believer in Zach Davies, not a big believer in some of their other guys either. So you know, this is something that they absolutely need to address via the trade market or in some other fashion. But Nelson, not a trustworthy guy, even though I don't like this Brewers team. You know that. I talked about that on yesterday's show. I'm not a believer in them at all. They're a bottom five offense in Major League Baseball. They've been a bottom three offense in Major League Baseball since the start of May. But Nelson, just a guy that you you worry about him having success in any kind of matchup. Meanwhile, for Colin Ray, 471 ERA, 441 expected, 481 FIP. Not very good either. You know, this is a guy, 44% hard hit rate. Barrel rate is lower, but he's given up the same number of homers in 14 fewer innings that Nelson has. So not really trustworthy with either one of these guys here. And, you know, it's tough to get up to 10. That's a lot of runs to be scored in this game. I think that's a possibility. But when Milwaukee has to shoulder part of that burden, very easy for me to stay away from that game. The Padres and the Giants here. Padres laying a short road price. DraftKings has the highest number in the market at minus 120 because of their 20-cent lines on baseball. Most of the rest of the market in the minus 110 range here coming back with Giants at even money on the other side. Seth Lugo and Anthony DiSclefani in this one. Big win for the Giants yesterday. Big win for us yesterday with the Giants coming back in the ninth inning, then getting the Yaz walk-off in extras. Something I forgot to mention on the show and even in the write-up 
but it was part of my handicap. I just neglected to mention it. Josh Hader had worked back-to-back days. They were probably not going to use Josh Hader a third straight day. That's something he very rarely did in Milwaukee. They didn't go to Hader, and they wound up blowing the game in the ninth inning and then, of course, losing it in extras. The Padres' bullpen looking a little bit crisper for tonight's game where all three of their primary relievers had worked back-to-back days going into yesterday's game. They wound up not using any of them, and it did cost them uh, with blowing that lead, but they should have those guys back for tonight's game, and they may need them because Seth Lugo coming back off the injured list for this one, and he had a calf injury, cost him more than a month, and the thing that's weird about this is that Seth Lugo did not make any rehab appearances. All he did was throw some sim games, some side sessions in the bullpen, stuff like that. I typically like to fade guys like that because you don't really know what you're going to get, you know, and usually the command is the thing that's kind of the hardest thing to harness when you're a pitcher. The velocity should be there, you know, coming back from injury, being able to work out, throw those sides, all those kinds of things. But the command just typically isn't there when you don't get to make any rehab appearances. So for Lugo, 410 ERA, 395 FIP when he went out. You know, only a 7.1% swinging strike rate on the season, and the Giants do really well when they're making contact. They are sixth in WOBA against righties, despite the fifth highest strikeout percentage. So when they make contact, they do a lot of positive things with their contact. So I really thought, again, about taking the Giants here today. Ultimately, though, didn't do it because Anthony DiSclefani is struggling a little bit here of late. 431 ERA, 456 expected, 383 FIP, which is good. That has a lot to do with a low walk rate, but low strikeout percentage, 18.2%. The left on base percentage is low at 62.9. Over his last six starts, his hard hit percentage is almost 49%. So he's just not locating real well. That kept me off of the Giants here for today. I do think that they could have success against Lugo, but a total of eight and a half at Oracle Park, also a little bit steep. That being said, wind's blowing out at about 20 miles per hour for this game. Now, the design of the ballpark does kind of limit the impact of wind, but we had the wind blowing out yesterday, and that wound up helping uh, both offenses to 11 runs in that game. Of course, we didn't need extra innings to get over eight and a half. So we'll see what happens in tonight's game. But I thought about the Giants ultimately could not take them. Coming up on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets, a look at the American League, Interleague, and also my three plays for Tuesday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, we're back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please rate, review, subscribe, five star reviews. Very, very much appreciated, not only for this show, but also for the rest of our VSIN family of content here on the podcast side of the ledger. Should be able to move through the American League a little bit quicker here. I don't think the games are as interesting except for the three that I do have plays on. The Royals and the Tigers, and I largely want to mention this game because of Daniel Lynch, who gets the start here for the Royals. Tigers are about $1.50 favorite out there in the marketplace. This one has come down a little bit, total of 8.5, as we're seeing some Royals money kind of populate on the board right now. To be honest with you, I think Daniel Lynch has actually pitched better than what his numbers would suggest. 579 ERA, 511 expected, 538 FIP, just 23 and a third innings pitched, had an extended rehab start, just gave up seven runs on seven hits to the Reds and gave up four home runs in that one. But Lynch only has a 36% hard hit percentage. He's got a 13.1% swinging strike percentage, only 20 strikeouts and 103 batters faced, but the swings and misses, particularly in the zone, suggest that this is a guy throwing the ball pretty well right now, just not really getting the results for it. I will admit, I thought about taking Kansas City tonight, but man, is it hard to bet on this team with as bad as they are. I mean, they've lost 12 of their last 13. They've lost a lot here of late, but Michael Lorenzen's kind of struggling a little bit. Strikeout rate is coming down. Command profile seems to be coming down. I thought about backing Lynch and the Royals couldn't do it, but keep Daniel Lynch in mind because maybe this is an under opportunity uh, in one of his starts going forward. The A's and the Guardians. Ken Waldachuk will open a bullpen game here for Oakland. Aaron Savale getting the start for Cleveland, who's about a $2.50 favorite. Honestly, this game's just ugly. I mean, you know, you think of laying this kind of number with Cleveland and with their offense. That does not seem appealing at all whatsoever. Savali has been okay since he came back from injury. Hasn't been good. Hasn't been great. Uh, it seems like Gavin Williams may get the start tomorrow for Cleveland. So we may get to see another debut arm for them come up after Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee have done so already this season. Uh, but there's really not much to say. I mean, the Guardians are awful against lefties and Waldachuk will open the game, but He's been bad in a bullpen role, bad as he was as a starter, pretty much. 568 ERA and 12 and two-thirds, a 463 on-base percentage against. There's just nothing to like about this game, I don't think. So easy to move on from that one. Boston and Minnesota. Red Sox getting us a nice underdog winner yesterday. Cutter Crawford and Bailey Ober here in this one. And I got to say, right off the top, I thought about the under in this game, but Temperature in the mid-80s in Minneapolis. Ball does carry pretty well at Target Field in the summertime, so that scared me a little bit off of this one. But Cutter Crawford here, 420 ERA, 320 expected, 384 FIP. The thing is, a lot of that work has been done in relief, and in his starts, he hasn't been as good as he's been as a reliever. This is his fourth straight start, seven earned runs on 13 hits in his last 10 innings. Good swinging strike rate, though, 11.2%. Hard hit percentage, only 32.5% for the season. And the Twins are an offense that swings and misses a ton. So that's kind of what made me think about the under a little bit. They just don't put enough balls in play for me. And against anybody that has swing and miss upside, you kind of gravitate towards the under a little bit. And Cutter Crawford does have some of that. 
His strikeout prop actually over at DraftKings, four and a half over minus 160. This is a guy who's maxed out at four innings over his last three starts. So we'll see what that looks like here in terms of Crawford and his ability to get swings and misses against the Twins. But something else that kind of drew me towards the under despite not betting it, Bailey Ober, 265 ERA, 389 expected ERA, 354 FIP, 57 and two-thirds. But the thing about Ober, and I've talked about this a lot before, the guy is six foot nine. If you haven't seen him or you haven't seen much of him, that's a very, very difficult matchup because you just don't see guys that are that tall. So Ober being six foot nine, that's something that I would think helps him against teams that aren't all that exposed. 12.8% swinging strike rate. I think the interesting thing is Cleveland is the only team to face him twice. First game, 15.4% swinging strike percentage. Second game, 7.7%. So they basically cut it in half in that second look at him. This will be Boston's first look. So thought about the under. I think there could be a lot of strikeouts here. Ober's also a fly ball guy. So when it warms up, I get a little bit scared about backing him. But on the whole, I like this guy. But I do think that maybe a betting angle we can look at is if a team sees him for the second time, Maybe we look to go against him or an over or a team total over, something like that. Let's move over to the interleague side of things because I've got three plays in the other American League games. The Blue Jays and the Marlins. And I will tell you, this is the closest one I got without making a play. You say Kikuchi and Yuri Perez in this one. Kikuchi, 431 ERA, 514 expected, 577 FIP. He's given up 19 home runs in 14 starts. Now, he's going to a park at Marlins Park that generally suppresses power, but the Marlins on the season, fourth and weighted on base average against lefties at 344, 118 WRC+. And I will say this, a lot of people out there will have bets on Jorge Soler to hit a home run tonight. He's hit nine of them in 68 plate appearances against lefties, and Kikuchi gives up a lot of home runs. So, Jorge, I don't know what the number is, but Jorge Soler to hit a home run tonight, that will be probably the most popular prop when it comes to, uh, you know, somebody to hit a home run today. He is plus 310 to hit a home run uh, over at DraftKings. I typically don't like to invest in the home run props because the true odds of it happening are not really close to what the market offering is typically going to be. In this situation with Soler against a guy that throws a lot of meatballs, plus 310 maybe, to be honest with you, is not all that bad. Uh, But Yuri Perez going for the Marlins here. And the thing about him, much like I just talked about with Bailey Ober, Perez is six foot eight, So another arm slot that you typically don't see, 180 ERA to start his career over 35 innings pitched, 379 expected, 391 FIP. And this is the thing that concerns me. 227 batting average on balls in play, 92.6% left on base percentage. Those are just not super sustainable, I don't think. But at the same time, again, this guy's six foot eight, has elite level stuff. He's only given up one run over his last 21 innings pitched. Maybe I should have taken the Marlins here today in a short favorite role. But the thing about Perez, in his starts here so far, the Reds on May 12th, so before they looked anything like they currently do, the Nationals, Rockies, Angels, A's, White Sox, and Mariners. The Angels are a good offense. They're the only offense close to what Toronto is going to bring here, and the Angels may even be a little bit better, at least in terms of their numbers, 
for this season. So that's the concern that I had about Yuri Perez here today. He's stepping up in class with this Toronto offense. So we'll see how he's able to fare in this matchup. Mets and the Astros. Astros, about a $1.45 favorite in this one. Total of 7.5 with Justin Verlander taking on his former team, Framber Valdez, getting the call here for the Astros. And, you know, I thought we'd have a pitcher's duel yesterday between Max Scherzer and Hunter Brown, but it was only one side of a pitcher's duel as Scherzer was fantastic over eight innings. Brown was not very good in that one. Verlander's just not been himself this season. 440 ERA, 384 expected, 443 FIP and 45 innings pitched. Strikeout rate is down substantially. Home run rate back up to where it was in 2019. And the problem with that is back in 2019, Verlander had a 35.4% strikeout rate. It's 21% this season and very, very inconsistent for the big man over his last six starts. One, five, one, six, one, six. That's the earned runs that he's allowed dating back to May 16th. This would be a start where if that pattern continues, he winds up getting knocked around. I don't believe in that kind of thing. But the overall point here is that Verlander has not been himself and been very inconsistent this season. Framber Valdez has not. 227 ERA, 384 expected because of a high hard hit percentage, 284 FIP. The high hard hit percentage is what it is because his ground ball rate's about 58%. So you don't really worry about that. He's given up five earned runs in his last five starts. Uh, the one thing that concerns me here is that, generally speaking, the way you score off of Verlander is with the long ball because he's a fly ball guy, doesn't give up a lot of hits usually. And the Astros are missing Jordan Alvarez, and that's just such a big piece to be missing in this kind of game. That being said, righties have a 470 slugging percentage against Verlander so far this year, and his home road splits are pretty stark as well, where City Field typically pretty good pitcher's park on the road. He's had some issues. So I definitely thought about laying the $1.45 with Houston, and if this price comes down a little bit, uh, I may be interested in the Astros, although I don't think it will come down at all after going up a little bit on the overnights. Last of the interleague games here, the Battle of Los Angeles. No, not the Rage Against the Machine album, but the Dodgers and the Angels here. Clayton Kershaw, Reed Detmers, one of two games with a couple of left-handed starters. Kershaw, 295 ERA, 352 expected ERA, 363 FIP. Detmers, 448 ERA, 438 expected ERA, 349 FIP. So Detmers has a better fielding independent pitching than Kershaw on the season. But a couple of things here. The first is Reed Detmers has been awful the third time through the order. Just simply awful. The first two times through the order, he's actually been quite good, to be honest with you. But the third time through the order penalty has been as penal on him as anybody in baseball. And I've mentioned this before going into some of his starts, but he has allowed 16 runs in 54 and a third innings the first two times through the order. 253 Woba against the first time through, 292 Woba against the second time through, a 530 Woba against the third time through, giving up 20 runs in just eight innings pitched overall. So he's only gotten 24 outs the third time through the order and given up 20 runs. 17 of them are earned. So he has been awful turning a lineup over for the third time. 
And the really big concern about that with the Dodgers is they draw a lot of walks. They work a lot of deep counts, all those kinds of things. This may be a game where I would have a very quick trigger finger on Detmers. I don't know if Phil Nevin has that in his arsenal, but Detmers is a guy that's really good the first two times through and then badly struggling the third time through. With that said, you know, Clayton Kershaw has had some ups and downs here lately. His mom passed away around Mother's Day, had a few difficult starts around that, understandably so. He's pitched better in his last three starts, but also allowed a lot of hard contact, tied a season high in barrels last time out against the White Sox. He's not throwing the ball all that well right now, despite what his results are. So a lean towards the toward the Angels here, but I think I would need a little bit better of a price, especially with Detmers in a matchup that doesn't look all that great to him. All right, so let's get to the three plays here today, and I'll try to make this quick. We start with the Orioles and the Rays. Kyle Bradish and Tyler Glass now in this one down at the Trop. Bradish, 390 ERA, 450 expected, 380 FIP in 60 innings of work. However, once he got settled in, he came back after getting hit by a comebacker. His first three starts, or his first start was really good. His next three starts were pretty rocky. But since May 12th, in 40 and a third innings pitched, Bradish with a 290 ERA, 316 FIP, 34 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio. Six of those seven starts, he's held the opposition to three or fewer runs. High expected ERA because his hard hit percentage is up a little bit, but it's around 40 and a half percent in those last seven starts. So that's not bad at all. That's just 1% above league average. Glass now has been good. 343 ERA has not allowed more than three runs in any of his first four starts, but he has allowed some hard contact, does have a 12 and a half percent walk rate. I don't think it's that big of an ask for Bradish to kind of cancel out Glass now, or maybe even be a little bit better. And if this comes down to the bullpen, the Orioles are sixth in ERA, second in FIP, and third in strikeout percentage, whereas Tampa Bay is 15th in ERA, 25th in FIP, and 28th in strikeout percentage. Felix Bautista and Yenier Cano, both in good shape. They've only worked twice in the last six days. I like getting Baltimore at plus 150 here if this comes down to a bullpen battle because they just have the better bullpen. And I do think that Bradish could even take them a lead into the late innings. So this is a gamble that's worth it in a low-scoring expectation with a total of 7.5. I get Baltimore with the better bullpen, and maybe, I could argue, a slightly more reliable starter at plus 150. That's a bet I'll make. So the Orioles, plus 150 on the card here for today. Next, we look at the Mariners and the Yankees. George Kirby, Garrett Cole in this one. Nice night in the Bronx for this battle. Kirby threw eight shutout innings against the Yankees when he faced him at home back on May 31st. Had a rough start against the Padres right after that. Then came back and pitched really well against the Marlins. But I think this line is a little bit low here. You know, Garrett Cole, this is a good matchup for him. Didn't face the Mariners when the Yankees were up there at T-Mobile Park. The Yankees got a look at Kirby recently. That could be a positive for them. But the thing about Garrett Cole is that you know, the strikeout percentage is down this year, but the home run to fly ball percentage is down as well. And that's a really big positive for him because the only way you really score off of Garrett Cole is to hit home runs. He doesn't give up a lot of hits. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. You've got to hit the long ball. And the Mariners, not only have they not hit a lot of home runs this season, they've struck out a ton. They're third in baseball in strikeout percentage against righties. 
They're a below average offense against righties, even with the park factor adjustment. And on the road, they have a 10% walk rate against righties to prop up some of their numbers. But Cole doesn't really walk a lot of guys. So I like the Yankees at this minus 115 price today. I think this is a low number for Cole. I think Kirby's going out on the road in a much lesser pitching environment than what he's used to at home. I just think Cole is worth it here at minus 115. So the Yankees, the second of today's plays. And then lastly, we're going to lay a number here with the Texas Rangers. They take on the Chicago White Sox. Nate Yavaldi and Dylan Cease in this one. Yavaldi, 259 ERA, 313 expected, 285 FIP and 93 and two-thirds. He's had a couple of rough outings here lately against the Rays and the Angels. However, those are top five offenses against righties. You know who's not a top five offense against righties? The Chicago White Sox. They are the second worst offense in baseball by Woba. They are 29th. They don't walk. They don't hit for power. They strike out a lot. This is a bad matchup against Uvalde, who 51% ground ball rate, 25.5% strikeout rate. The White Sox, they're not built to manufacture runs. They're not a good base running team. Uvalde is very stingy with the base runners that he allows. And then Dylan Cease is just not the same dude this year. 431 ERA, 435 expected, 405 FIP. Strikeout rate down over 4%. Walk rate is the same. Hard hit percentage is up 16% from last season. Rangers are a top five offense against righties. I'll lay it tonight. Rangers minus 140. That's a, a pretty good bet, I think, with Uvalde taking on Cease. And the market has gone up a little bit. I think this is good up to about minus 150 or so. Uh, but the Rangers minus 140. The Orioles plus 150 and the Yankees minus 115. The three plays for today. Covered a lot of ground, a lot of games. We'll try to turn this around as quickly as possible for you here. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. Please rate, review, subscribe, and think about that summer kickoff special so you can get our NFL betting guide and all of our other content through the Super Bowl over at vsin.com. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you again tomorrow at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.